swing on down to Ricky's place Where the girls are refined and the men have good taste A subtle joke, a touch of class Bought in a tall martini glass Let's swing on down to Ricky's, down to Ricky's place Welcome to Rick's Martini Bar. This is Jerry McCarty here, as usual, with the lovely Kelly Maroney. Hello, Kelly. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I am great. Thank you. We got a special guest today. A little something different than we usually yes. get here. Very exciting. Very excited about this. We have Monique Ramon. Hey, kids. Hello, Monique. Thank you for How's being here. How's it going, here. Jerry? I am doing so good. And <laughs> Monique has done a lot of stuff, and we're going to talk about it all, but... <laughs> into comedy and but a Foley artist, which if you don't know what Foley is, Kelly, tell people what Foley is. So me, tell, let's have Monique tell people uh, what correct. Foley is. Smart well, well, but you know what? I don't know if it's smart because um, because you actually might know um, a little bit more about the history. What I do know is that it was uh, started by a film editor named Jack Foley uh, when film started having audio talkies came in, and along with that. They, this editor realized that the audio needed to be enhanced. And we're not talking about the voices. Um, no, we're not talking That's about... That's something different. That's automatic dialogue replacement, exactly. ADR, which is ADR. something I do and love to do. Do you? Uh-huh. That must mean you're good at it, because actors who are good at it love ADR. Those who are not... Such a chance to improve your performance. If you said something and you kind of trailed off and it sounds weak, you can go back in there and hit the last word. Punch it Ch- up. Ch- changes your performance. It's great. Love See, it. that's because you're a consummate performer. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. There's also something called loop groups, which we get together and we do crowd noises. And yeah. if you can get into you have to wait for someone to die to get into a loop group. Yeah, yeah, it's a great, a great apartment. Because you get paid SAG for the day. And all you're doing is walking around going, walla, 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 walla. It sounds like a crowd noise, but you're not saying anything that's going to be distracting to the main actor's dialogue. And they pay you for the whole day, even if you're just there for an it hour, pays, right? And then eventually you get residuals. But Ooh. it's very tough to crack into because. Okay, else. now that leads okay. me to my first question. Yes. Yes. Which is, how did can, you get into Foley? There you go. How did you get into Foley? You know, That's like. My first question. Really? Too. Oh, wow. Okay, so like many things, it was sort of a happy accident. I was beating around in different production jobs. I was an office PA. I was an art department coordinator. I turned into a swing gang, props, all of that. And swing gang, that sounds rough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, now, now, it's actually the person in, with the truck uh, who, who, who brings the, the set decorating to the set. So, but, and I did, I did uh, shopping. I did a little bit of food styling. And I was just beating around. And I, I really wanted to direct, like many of us. And I, I thought, you know, I don't want to go to film school. I was 30 at the time. I didn't want to, you know, do all that. And it was before there was a film school on every corner mm-hmm. like there is now, which that's a whole other racket that we'll you know, yes. get into. <laughs> but yeah, I thought, you know, how can I... I learn from my, I have a, a background in directing theater. How can I translate that to film? Because it's a very different medium. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I want to be an editor because that's how you do it. You either are a, in the camera department or an editorial to learn about picture. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, um, so I was trying to get an editing internship. And so I knew I wanted to be in post. And I had a party what at my post. Post is post is after the film is shot, after principal photography. That's uh, 
when you do the color correcting, the picture editing, the Foley, the ADR, the vinyl mix, the whole shebang. So it's when you put all the elements together. Uh, and so I had a, an involuntary sort of party at my house. Um, my, my dealer of illicit substances at the time, <laughs> back when I was a fan of illicit substances, wanted to come over with some goofy friends of his and talk Carlos Castaneda. Uh. And I had a nice house in the Hollywood Hills with white carpet. And I said, sure, come bring your friends to talk about UFOs and, and, and psilocybic mushrooms. Yes, yes. Yes. And so people, instead of bringing red wine, brought muddy shoes. It was a rainy night. And I remember one of the muddy shoe people, Scott, said he was in post. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm like, that's what I want to do. I want to do post. And he said, uh, actually, I'm in post sound. Mm -hmm. And I said, that is exactly what I've always wanted wow. to do, lying through my teeth. Right. And, <laughs> and, and he said, actually, I record Foley. And I said, Foley has always been a particular fascination of mine. No, because it's all high. <laughs> yeah, 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 good point. See, good point. there you go. So anyways, um, a couple of days later, Scott Sylvie called me. And he said, you know, we've been training this guy. We have a new studio and we're training this guy. And he's just not really getting it. So we're auditioning people. Mm. And so myself and about 10 other unqualified sorts all came in and they, you know, handed us a piece of cloth and said, move this cloth to the movement of the actors. And so, you know, we sort of, you know, each individually had an hour to do that and do some footsteps, you know, where you, where you would match what the performer on the screen is doing, mm -hmm. you know, if they're walking in heavy boots in the rain or versus sandals downstairs, you know, just follow their actions. And I guess I showed the most promise of the, Ooh. of the 10 people and, and the rest is history. Well, awesome. Well, that's something nobody would ever really think of is that your clothes would make noise. And if, the, if you don't hear the sound of your clothes making noise, it doesn't sound natural. Things that you'd never dream yeah. of. And sometimes it sounds, you know, sometimes you can't hear that, but it makes it more suspenseful, footsteps, things like that. It's fully is extremely creative. And we're going to talk about that when we come back after our commercial, which comes so fast around here. It sure does. So <laughs> we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to hear more about Foley and Monique when we return at Rick's Martini Let's Bar. Swing on down to Ricky's Place, where the girls are refined and the men have good taste. Welcome back. We are here at Rick's Martini Bar with Jerry McCarty. Me, I'm Kelly Maroney, and today we're talking to Monique Raymond, who is a Foley expert. And, and I love... Oh, sorry, Monique. Oh, I have nothing to say. I'm you know, just... Have, <laughs> we're glad you're here. Thank you. Thank but, you for having so, me. So, uh, Foley, I think... The, I love the footsteps and the clothes and all that stuff, but the stuff I think is really creative is the stuff that nobody knows what it sounds like and... Now we know what it sounds like. 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 Well, you know. Like lightsabers. Well, lightsabers. Like, we yeah. never hope figured that they would sound like that little vibrating thing in Star Wars, and they made that up. Yeah. Or like a T-Rex. No one's ever heard a Tyrannosaurus Rex noise, how they sound. But since Jurassic Park, we all think they sound like a gigantic foghorn, you know? You know, it's, it's interesting because there are things that we grow accustomed to cinematically in terms of audio, 
that don't that we're used to them making a sound because we go to the film and we hear it, but they actually make no sound. For example, when's the last time that you know you actually heard somebody smoking a cigarette? But then you think of like right. you know, uh, Tony Scott, God rest his soul. You think about somebody like that, one of those films, you know, Michael oh, Douglas lighting a cigarette, and you yeah. hear the burn. Oh yeah, that doesn't sound okay. And so and so, what we have to do is in order to enhance something like that to make it sound like something, we have to get a little bit creative because the actual prop, if I were to, I could stand and, and, and smoke a carton of American spirits and they wouldn't, they wouldn't sound like anything. Okay. I do love that thing when they, you do the match and then you hear the little sizzle. And the sizzle, yeah. It is so good. Yeah, yeah. So you have to, so there's some things, I was almost entirely self-taught. I had a, a mentor for about a month and after that I was kind of on my own because nobody Nobody really likes to teach anybody how to it's work kind of like their secrets. job. <laughs> yeah. Although things have changed now. One of the biggest Foley artists in town has started a Foley school. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm. So uh, things have you know, changed a little bit. But the, the norm is, uh, for example, the cigarette. Mm-hmm. Um, with the match, in order to get it to, to make that, um, I would, instead of lighting a cigarette, I would, I would take a wooden kitchen match and light another wooden kitchen match uh-huh. because that get gets that. That's a good sound. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Or uh, that that crinkle. You can do a few things. You can um, you can very close mic a little bit of saran wrap. You know, there's just yeah. little things that y- you know you would never. Uh, so what happens if you find a, a, an opportunity for a sound? Something needs a sound, and. How do you go about creating the sound? What do you, what you, do you know, do? trial and error. And mm-hmm. luckily you have somebody hopefully very competent recording because it doesn't yeah. translate. What you think something sounds like in the room may not mm-hmm. be what it sounds like to yeah. the to the recordist. And, and so, right by the microphone, my sound is super awesome. Yeah, I knew a guy <laughs> who could do explosions with his mouth. Really? That, wow. yeah, that's not like a gay sex thing. That is really like, <laughs> was able I was going to say, I know that dude too. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us, Jerry. That's <laughs> <laughs> new information. You know, but I mean, he, he specialized in, in this. Kind of, I wasn't, I think boys make sounds with their mouths more growing up than girls yes, do. Exactly. And so I, I was not a special, I, you know. I can't burp Oh, yeah, that's well. interesting. So you're right. probably one of the rare females in Untrue, actually. Because, really? well, this is why. Uh, you have better w- ears. Women have an ability, because you have to be a little bit psychic uh-huh. to do Foley and intuitive, because you have to, you have to move in sync with picture. Right. And so there's, 30, on the average, 30 frames per second, unless it's a drop frame thing. So basically, they'll nudge, the recordist can nudge, or the editor can nudge your work a little bit, but no one wants to cut each footstep. You know, it uh-huh. would take an eternity. And so uh, you need to pretty much be about, you know, within three frames accuracy so that they can bump the whole thing three frames. Wow. And so in order to do it, you have to be a little bit intuitive about what the actor's going to do next. Mm. And I think in general, not to you know be anti-male or anything, but I think women have more of a knack. There are many male Foley artists and they're very talented, but it's one of the few things that, yeah, it's, it's, there's a number of women that do it. That's good. And if you come up with a new sound, can you copyright there's really no way uh, to i mean i think there's probably artists who uh are smart and build libraries and uh try to sell their sound i would think that that would be lucrative you could sell stuff exactly unfortunately for me i'm i was always sort of like 
a for hire as an independent contractor, yeah. but like I didn't own since I got paid a day rate, I didn't own the material. And so actually it almost worked the reverse. I have had people reuse my sounds, oh, yeah. repurpose it. Mm. I remember I did a, there was a, a kitchen show. It was really irritating. It was, it was kind of like a, one of those chef shows. And they were like, oh, yeah, we really need Foley because we really want to hear the onions. We want to hear yeah, the, this yeah. and that, the sizzle on the flu. And I'm like, okay. So I brought in most of my kitchen to, and, and I went and spent $100 on groceries because cutting an apple sounds different than cutting an onion. Yeah, it yeah, just yeah. does. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then they, they, I worked for a day or so, and, and they, we did a couple episodes, and they used the Foley for the whole season of 24 oh, wow, really? from those right. two. Yeah, yeah. they repurposed. Oh. Wow. Hey, we're up to another commercial break. Wow. So we have to take a commercial, and we'll be back with one more segment from Monique. And I want to hear about the comedy stuff, too. But I also got so many more questions about Foley. Okay. I don't know what I'm going to do. When we return at Rick's the Martini Bar. To Ricky's place, where the girls are refined and the men have good taste. There you hey. go. This is Cherry McCarty, and we are back at Rick's Martini Bar with the lovely Kelly Moroni and the equally as lovely Monique Raymond. And we are talking about Foley because Monique's a Foley artist and a comedian and lots of stuff. But I love this Foley thing. It's like a very prestigious kind of old Hollywood thing, you know? It's yeah, like you think yeah. of the radio shows and the guys with the coconut shells and yeah, stuff. They still do that. They still do but it. Really? A, friend of my, a friend of mine did the Foley for Seabiscuit. Oh! And, you know, it's like, she did all those horse... Uh, I wish it was me, but I, I didn't do that, but I've worked on some cool, some cool stuff. That's what I want to hear about. Coconut what kind shells of things are, have are you... used for horse's hooks, by the way, oh. on the ground. Look, good. Clop, clop, clop. Okay. And they make for good juice. Um, so <laughs> yeah, um, I, I've worked on uh, SpongeBob. Oh, really? Uh, Mad Men. Wow. Oh. Survivor. Mm-hmm. Fear Factor. Bugs. Bugs. Uh, I was um, the sound of those Madagascar cockroaches. Oh, being yeah. Chewed and swallowed and the, the bull penises being... <laughs> Eaten and the gagging. Um, yeah, Fear Factor was. Did you just have to react, or did you have to have something that crunched, or what? I'd have to think. I'd have to come up with something that crunched or sounded like so the was... things that they were eating. For the cockroaches, uh, for the movement of them, <laughs> I used this sort of decimated pine cone I found in Griffith Park and some Brazil nuts and pistachios. I love when it's not the thing you think it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, pine cones were my secret ingredient for some time, yeah. and uh, for the actual chewing. Um, I, I'm trying to remember what I would use. I would use a combination of things, but I, it, it, it was, I always wanted to have like a candy with a hard shell, like a, an M&M or something like that, because it has that oh, yeah. crack yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah. it, you know? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and so for, and so for anything, um, li- you know, liquidy but thick, like, uh, I don't want to go into, um, we would use things like, you know, kefir or something uh-huh. like that. So, yeah, it was a, it was a creative show, actually. And you know what sound... Uh, Kelly Maroney, who's a horror genre person, mm-hmm. is whenever they break somebody's arm in horror stuff, it's like it's celery, oh, yeah. isn't it? It's celery. Sometimes or it's yeah, sometimes it's celery. Celery was used mm-hmm. a lot. Sometimes we would use wood shingles oh, to snap that, that little mm-hmm. twisting. Yeah, the thing twisting just... is the celery. Quite, oh, that is so painful. So, so between the pine cone, the shingle, and the celery, you know, because you want to get like veins popping. Yeah. You want to get all sorts of you know interesting things in awesome. there. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I did I did Texas Chainsaw three, and uh, and I would take a uh, a serrated knife and a machete and uh, and and 
maneuver them on on a, 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 a textured concrete surface. So you because oh. I mean, obviously, I wasn't doing the sound of the chainsaw in terms of the motor. Right, right, the, right. For the cutting in that. Yeah. You know. Well, that's a, a lot of it. You wouldn't hear the. I mean, in Texas chainsaw. Massacre, you would never even hear the sound because chainsaw is so loud, but they bring up the other sounds and it makes it Which, way more exciting. Yes, very. And part of what we have to learn is to part with it. Like a lot of times we spend a lot of time doing something and then you don't hear it. It's like anything mm-hmm. else. It's like you make the sound, it's there, yeah. you feel good about it. Don't go to the movie and expect to necessarily hear it because they might have a big music swell. Uh, mm-hmm. So is there like a, a camaraderie among Foley people that you guys all kind of know each other and share or is it competitive? Or there's some hacks. It's like somebody, and you're like, that guy's the worst Foley guy I've ever heard in my life. Well, there's those. <laughs> That's my favorite thing about show business. There's always hacks. There's always hacks. <laughs> and then there's always those people who are very good. And there's, there's you know, little clicks. And we all try to, you know, there was a time where we, we reunionized and people sort of banded together. But we didn't get that good of a deal. So it's interesting, mm-hmm. you know, because the thing is, is people are always willing to work for less, which yeah. which always bad. hurts. Bad. It's, it's always bad for everybody. Yeah. I was never one of those. I never undercut anybody. But it's been, it's happened to me. Uh, Oh, right. Where someone's come into where they knew I worked and, and, and said, you know, I'll do this for less money. And it's, it's worked out for them. That's an interesting career. But I want to hear about the comedy stuff. Yes. Oh. So tell us about the comedy thing you're doing you, now. How did you one day decide to just go and do stand-up? Actually, it was a friend of mine that was recording Survivor with me. We went out for a drink after work one day. And I said, hey, you're, you're so funny because we had done a little roast for a friend of ours birthday. And I said... You should you know, do stand-up or, or write. And he said, I'm afraid. And he said, I'll, well, maybe I'll take a class if you come with me. Mm-hmm. And that's how it all started. Wow. It was an accidental, just like getting into Foley. It there all, you go. Happy accident. So where did so. you take your class? I took it with Jerry Katzman in Venice. Oh, cool. He's quite good. And, uh, yeah, it does a 10-week class. And I did the advanced class as well for another 10 weeks. And then I started a nonprofit. And now I'm writing. And Awesome. You can see Monique's first stand-up, which I thought was hilarious, on YouTube. What's that address? Yes. What's it's your, um, what's your channel? It's just Monique Raymond, spelled M-O-N-I-Q-U-E-R-E-Y-M-O-N-D. Just You can look that up on YouTube. It's a on YouTube. Yes. Yes. And the nonprofit... Which I started as a result uh, because I believe that if we can perform and make money for a worthy cause, then it's all the more worthy to perform. You bet. Mm-hmm. And also um, bringing together very well-known comedians with people that are hysterical but haven't really had the, the same breakout yet and put them all together. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've made money for orangutans. We've made money for the Red Cross. Oh, really? Great. Yeah, we've, mm-hmm. we've, we've, made, we've made some money, so mm-hmm. it's been really cool. And Kelly's actually going to be involved. She's actually um, uh, on our advisory board. I'm and she's going to be. Advisor. Are she's, you really? Yes, That's great. Yes, and she's going to be involved, hopefully, with our next live performance at Open Space. Not the next one, but the one after that. So, what's the one on June 5th? June 5th, it's uh, part storytelling, part theater. And more will be, that'll be up on the comedycollectivefoundation.org mm-hmm. website probably in the next week. It's not there yet, but it will be. But it's going to be at Open Space on June 5th. Open Space Theater. And that's it's, uh, I think it's 547 North Fairfax. Fairfax it's near Cantor's. Fairfax and Santa Monica? Fairfax, Fairfax and closer to Melrose, Melrose Beverly. Orange. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. Great. And, and then there's another one following that. And we're going to try to do a monthly show. That's the goal. Great. So Cool. Well, we're at the end of our time. You're kidding. Thank you for being here. And if you are in Los Angeles, check out Monique. If you're not in Los Angeles, go to YouTube and check out Monique. Thank you so much for being here, Thank Monique. Thank you so much, Jerry and Kelly. My pleasure. So, for Monique Raymond, 
the lovely Kelly Maroney. My name's Jerry McCarty. Join us next week at Rick's Martini Bar. Swing Cheer. The girls are refined and the men have good taste. A subtle joke, a touch of class, poured in a tall martini glass. Let's swing them down to Ricky's down.